Welcome back to our listeners. You are tuning in to the 15-Minute Reset Show, and I am your host, Lori Carice. Today, I welcome with us Mai Lens. Mai Lens Photography is her business, and she's going to be talking about leading unapologetically. So welcome to the show, Mai. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here. Strong women, empowering women. How do you lead them unapologetically? Well, let me start with what is being unapologetically to me? What does that mean for me? And it's pretty much aligning your words with your actions. It's aligning your words with your actions. And living authentically means, you know, not seeking approval to be who you really are. When we learn to appreciate ourselves and appreciate others, there's no need to apologize for being authentic. I love that. You know, I often reflect on my own life. You know, when I, when I talk to people about the 15 minute reset, my daughter is all, is very much unapologetically leading her life. I mean, (laughs) she, you know, walks the beat of her own drum and she definitely stands out. And I'm like, that's what I love about her too. I'm like, she's not sorry. You know, there's like, you know, the new phrase, sorry, not sorry. It's like, I think that's kind of part of this, uh, um, you know, conversation also just, you know, own it, own it. Own it. There you go. Own whatever you're going through. Own it. Um, when, you know, when I started photography, I didn't go to school for photography. And of course, I was not good at it because I just picked up my camera and I said, you know what? I'm going to be a photographer. I saved money. I had another business, which it failed, but I learned a lot from it. And I was the executive director for a nonprofit. And soon I realized that photography for me was aligned with what I wanted to be when I was a child. You know, that question, what do you want to be when you're, you know, when you grow up? It was difficult for me because I wanted it. I wanted to be so many things, a dancer, a, a filmmaker, a movie director. Oh my goodness. So many things. So photography, like, I found it to be a tool, not just to express myself creatively, (laughs) but to empower, to empower especially women. We wear so many hats and throughout learning more and loving more my craft, I learned that women, we tend to apologize for almost everything. And I host a podcast and I usually ask people, what was one thing that you stopped apologizing for that helped you level up in your business, in your personal life? And one person told me they stopped apologizing for their accent. I was like, that's pretty interesting that we apologize for things, you know, that that make no sense to apologize for. And And when I talk to people, I don't mean to say that you're going to be unapologetically and rude if you stepped on somebody's toes, right? Of course, you're going to apologize, but maybe rephrase that. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't see you. Oh, what if somebody told me, what if I bump into 
we bumped into each other and who's who needs to be sorry like it wasn't our fault we just stumble upon right and just say oh excuse me that's one word that i'm learning to use a lot more excuse me instead of saying oh sorry and it made me think like why am i sorry for maybe it's the word that i need to use is excuse me you know I, i'm sorry no excuse me that's I, another way to look at it i like that just reframing the the purpose i mean i actually had a, a, again with my daughter i mean i had a conversation she like didn't do well on a math test and oh, i'm <laughs> sorry oh, i'm sorry i'm like don't be sorry come up with solutions on how to do better next time don't be exactly. sorry about what happened and that you have no control over how do we improve it next time? How do we set up better habits? You know, um, it's funny. I wonder if you asked me that question, what have I stopped apologizing for? I'd actually have to think about it. I, what comes to my mind, and I don't know that I apologize for it, but it sometimes is an obstacle that I feel my little defenses kind of come up as being a single parent. Like, mm. you know, I've, I've got kids with me. I can't hurry and go do something. So I do find myself probably, um, yeah, and I'm done apologizing. You know, you know, I come with kids. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm, I'm divorced and my ex-husband has the girls on certain weekends and I'm available those weekends, but it's like, you know what? I just started kind of folding them into the situations if it if it's just a visit over friends for dinner it's like I'm not I'm not sorry hey you know I've got the girls that weekend can I go and bring them or do you want to set a different time but I have felt like I've had to almost apologize that I'm not an individual but I'm right. I'm a threesome right yeah and you know and that's another thing for women I come from a line and when I say I come from a line is my grandmother was a single mom my mom was a single mom. And sometimes she apologizes when I say something, let's say um, I said, oh, because in such time, you were not able to go to my um, rehearsal. Let's say I wanted to be on dance and she couldn't afford for me to be in dance. And she's like, oh, my God, I am so sorry. And I'm like, don't be sorry for that. You did that best that you could do as a single mom. And you have to pat yourself in the back. You did a lot. Like you put foot on the table when it, it was three of us. Her alone. So, you know, it's like, don't apologize for being a single mom. That's crazy. It's a lot of work, especially when the dad is non-existent. I mean, if the dad helps out, you know, that's wonderful. But when the dad is not there, you know, it's like, what can you do? It's it's really hard. You don't have to apologize for that. I find myself apologizing for my stress too. You're, it, this mm. is an interesting conversation. I'm trying to figure out where where I do lead with apologies. I'm sorry, you know, I'm I'm overwhelmed, or I apologize to my kids for being stressed. I mean, hopefully someday they will see that I'm, you know, I'm. A good role model. I'm hardest on myself for sure. And that's also that, you know, being unapologetically kind even to yourself, because we're always hardest yeah. on ourselves. I'm told constantly that I see, you know, other people see me differently and how I see myself. And I need to stop apologizing 
for things that I feel like are internal disruptions. They're not necessarily disruptions to other people. And even though I am a workaholic, I'm very creative. I've been running my own business 14 years. There's obviously going to be um, commitments and sacrifices that go with that. And hopefully I am leading by example and not, um, not providing with my children, but I'm leading, I'm leading by example, hard work and commitment and doing what you have to do isn't always what you love to do, but what's, what's needed and setting goals and deadlines. So I do hope, you know, they, they look at me as a strong role model and being yeah. independent and empowering others, because I think it's, if you are empowered, you should also empower others, I feel. Yeah. And, and something that I learned not too long ago, it's that um, somebody that was um, interviewing and she said, we don't empower people. We re-empower them. We have the power within. And that is so true. Like my sister passed away five years ago and my mom, little by little, um, she, I, I was dealing with my own uh, stress and, and pain and she was dealing with her own pain and she just lost it for a whole year. It was like, she was just complete darkness. Like I didn't have my mom for a full year and I started seeking help by taking her to the uh, doctor that's that was before the uh, craziness in 2019 with the pandemic and all that stuff 2020 um and i took her to the doctor i didn't want to put her on pills to be honest with you uh but it helped a little and little by little she was i i got my mom back and i tell her you did this i would love to take credit for it I just let you, it's like leading a horse to the water, but you cannot make them drink the water, right? Unless they, they're thirsty. Um, and I just let her and she re-empower herself to get out of that darkness that she was in. That's incredible. What What led you to starting a podcast? I mean, podcasting is like storytelling and it sounds like that's what you really try to bring out of your guests is tell that story. What have you found yourself apologizing for? Do you also find that your guests feel lifted and they let go of, of some of those things that weigh them down? I think so. And it really makes them think. And to start with, uh, why did I started the podcast? And it leads back to, you said storytelling. I've I call myself a storyteller because that's what I, that's one of the other things that I need, that I wanted to be when I grew up to still, to tell stories. And I as just a photographer, you are a storyteller too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yes. As a photographer, I found my thing, right? To tell stories. And one day I was thinking, you know what? I want to continue the conversation. Like, I don't want to just leave it there. Um, a lot of my clients um, come with the, that baggage of I'm not enough, either I'm not pretty enough, or I'm not tall enough, or I'm not, or I'm too tall. <laughs> There's always that, that extension, right? So I was like, that was another thing that I wanted to be when I grew up, to be a radio uh, host, right? You're, to be you're talking to the right person comedian. for that. <laughs> 
<laughs> but it's funny how everything aligns. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what? It's 2020. Um, we were, Florida, we were not that much in lockdown, lockdown per se, but we were in a, in a sense, uh, nobody wanted to go out or anything. I'm like, you know what? This is the perfect time. Let me start a podcast. And I did a lot of research before that, before that, um, I had a whole year to do research (laughs) and I was like, what is one thing that I'm always so passionate about talking? And it was, you know, women empowerment. And that's how Conversations with My Lens was born to continue the conversation, to talk about, to talk with successful women and really talk to them about what was that one thing that they stopped apologizing for, you know, that took their business to the next level because maybe somebody is apologizing for not setting boundaries. And they listen to that episode and they say, hmm. This person is, Lori is so successful. I wonder if she was always like that because we tend to think that people that are successful or that they're running uh, another race, a better race, <laughs> it's because they they never had any, um, well, what, what would I say, any unsuccessful story. Oh, there's always an unsuccessful story that leads you to success. Absolutely. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm a 14 year entrepreneur with a lot of highs and lows, you know, (laughs) I mean, I, I don't want to, yeah, get into it all, all right now, but sure. There's been a lot of, you know, things that were major disruptions with my business, but they're all learning experiences. And then they, and then you take that information and you grow and you continue to push in the direction that does work for you. And I mean, just like with the pandemic, I mean, I'm in the events industry. What do you do when your events business is shut down because of a pandemic? Well, you start a podcast. That's a new way of community outreach with attendees and sponsors. I converted them into listeners and guests and sponsors. So I just reframed it. But, you know, I mean, you know, you have to take those obstacles. You have to learn and you have to power through and just, you know, keep that, keep that focus on that end goal. Just like how you said, yes. you, know, that you want to do radio. Well, I mean, we're, we've got you here on radio. Maybe we can get you to be a full-time host or, <laughs> you know, with your podcast, maybe that's what's really still satisfying. You own all of your own content. You get to create those stories and share those stories. And it's very rewarding. And honestly, that's why I started uh, radio because I was listening, I started with a podcast, local content, but um, I got very active on Clubhouse, the audio app Mm. during the pandemic. And I was hearing all these other women with their incredible stories and their expertise. And I'm a woman in business. So I consider myself an expert. I'm not a coach, but I'm an expert because of my own, you know, life. Um, And as far as wellness, I lean in on the wellness conversations because I'm a woman in wellness, who cares about her own midlife journey and hormones <laughs> and everything else going on, but I'm not an expert, but I'm like, wow, these experts, they need a platform to come together and have those powerful voices. And our listeners can hear all these different stories and these different angles. So that to me has been most satisfying. And guess what I wanted to be when I was younger? I wanted to be a TV news broadcaster. 
I wanted to be in journalism. So while I'm not on TV, I am creative. I am creative in that space of storytelling in the audio platform, also shifting into audio summit and we are launching TV. So it's amazing how, yeah, no, I didn't train to do that. And, you know, other things got in the way of me not pursuing that, but it's like much later in life, I still have that passion. And I think it's still kind of my destiny. You know, maybe I'm not going to be on, you know, uh, sitting behind a desk on mainstream uh, news channel, but, you know, we are launching our stories and the world is screaming out for us to do so. It really is. It really is. We have to. We have to speak up, even if it's controversial, you know, have an open mind. Listen, listen to people. That's all we ask and be and do so unapologetically. Right. When you say exactly. (laughs) Yes, yes, definitely. And and a lot of the time is that people want to go, for instance, in social media, they just want to go viral. Mm. There are people that have been creating for years and years. And if their stuff go viral, it because resonates with the person who's watching. So don't give up on that dream that you're having just because somebody else is it's doing better. The more you do it, the better you will get. And it's it's that mindset of starting small. People don't want other people to see you starting. Well, you have to start at, at, at one point, right? I've been on the podcast for two years, almost two years. Now in December, it's going to be two years. If I didn't start back in 2020, um, I will be thinking about it still till this day. And I will be trying to release the first episode. And I listen to my episodes back and, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. It's just like my pictures at the beginning. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Don't apologize. Then, <laughs> and I learned that from my cousin. She was the first person I photographed because I decided, you know, I'm going to be a photographer. And newborn was my first thing because my cousin. And I hear that's just, some of know, the hardest. That's some of the hardest, most yes. patient photography. Somebody listening, please make sure that you hire a photographer that <laughs> knows babies. This, this is seriously a very delicate matter because you have to be 100% sure that mom is right next to the baby. Those beautiful poses are not just one shot. It's a thousand, if not, <laughs> well, not a thousand, but three, four, five shots. And then you put them together to make that beautiful shot. Yeah, babies don't cooperate. (laughs) They cry when they want to cry. Not only that, but just one misstep, that baby falls and you're going to be in big trouble. Not every photographer, it's, I was the jack of all trades. Like I started doing everything, every event, weddings, newborn, (laughs) everything. But I soon learned that with babies, you have to be very careful. And that's when I started learning more. But going back to my point was that when my cousin um, was looking at the pictures, I was, of course, already looking at them from an artistic point of view. I'm like, okay, the lighting wasn't perfect there. Maybe I should have done this. Why didn't I do that? And then she said, 
um, and I'm going to paraphrase here because I don't remember exactly what she said, but in a lovely way, she told me, you know what? You gave me the most beautiful. You might be looking at you might be looking at this from an artistic point of view, but to me, I am seeing my baby and I can remember even her smell from that day. And I was like, yes, you captured yes. a moment. I learned, I learned that what I wanted the most when I got into photography, it was to give the best experience that I can give to that person because I didn't want to be just another number. Because when I was taking pictures of my babies, I felt like I was just at the social security office and they were just calling another number. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want that for my clients. Oh, that's a wonderful story. I mean, you captured a beautiful memory, a, a beautiful moment. And I'm glad that you saw and that, and that you got the right feedback to kind of push you through yes. and to continue so that you're not so critical on yourself as we often are with our little inner critics. Well, for our podcast listeners, I'm going to make sure I have all of your information in show notes, okay, how to find you. And of course, your podcast. For our radio-only listeners, tell us the best way to find you. Oh, easy. MayiLens.com. That's M-A-Y-I-L-E-N-Z.com. And lens, almost like a, a photography lens. I know you were built for this. <laughs> I was like, did she change her name? <laughs> That's wonderful. Well, my thank you so much for being here with me. And this has been another 15-minute reset. <laughs>